0: Samuel tried to pour the oil over the other seven brothers, and the oil didn't move. But when David came, the oil moved. And something so amazing that sticks out to me here is that seven people came before David. Seven people. It doesn't matter how many people come before you. When God has something for you, he's going to hold it there until you get there.
1: Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome.
0: Yeah, thank you guys for having us. We're super excited and kind of uh, uh, just like in no way feel worthy to be up here, but uh, we're here. And for no other reason, but to, I mean, I'm nervous, one, because not just because we have State Fry, right, but also because um, when it comes to something like this, I feel like such a huge responsibility, right? We can't just speak on... Uh, like just any topic or just speak to anybody about anything, right? So, um, yeah, I just want to get it to a poetic uh, worship. Am I, yeah?
2: I'm excited about this. <laughs> Let's hear it.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Even when your path takes me through the valley of, of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me in the fragrance of, the, of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my cup overflows. So why would I fear the future? Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life and then afterward when life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. Man. Oh. Sorry, let me gather my notes. I'm right-braided, so my brain goes everywhere. So I got to. Man, so, so many of us get lost trying to find ourselves. We ask ourselves, who, what, when, where? But most importantly, I already said, what? All right? So in 1 Samuel 16, we, there's a story of uh, Samuel. We start off with Samuel. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have moored long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king to Israel. Pretty much God is telling him, how long are you going to sit there worrying about your past? So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. And Samuel replied, I can't do that, Saul so will hear about it and kill me. God said, take your heifer with you and announce, I've come to lead you in worship of, of God with this heifer as a sacrifice. Make sure Jesse gets invited. I'll let you know what to do next. I'll point out the one you are to anoint. Samuel did what God told him when he arrived at Bethlehem. The town fathers greeted him, but apprehensively. Is there something wrong? No, nothing's wrong. I've come to sacrifice this heifer and lead you in the worship of God. Prepare yourselves, be consecrated, and join me in worship. He made sure Jesse and his sons were also consecrated and called to worship. So this is when Samuel comes and looks at Jesse and says, hey, get your sons. Because God has called me over here to anoint a king, to find a king. Do you have sons? And Jesse says, yes. Let me get them out over here. So the first one comes out, Eliab. Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Here he is, God's anointed.
2: Mm. Big and muscular. And he said, that's the one. He looks like Saul.
0: God told Samuel, looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed. With his looks and stature, I've already eliminated him. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face, but God looks at the heart. And at these times, these prophets, Samuel was a prophet. These prophets were known as a seer. And a cool point that I thought here a seer didn't see what God was seeing. Jesse then called up Abinadab, <laughs> we were struggling with that one, and presented him to Samuel. Samuel said, This man isn't, God, isn't God's choice either. Next, Jesse presented Shema. Samuel said, no, this isn't the man. Jesse presented seven sons to Samuel. Samuel was blunt with Jesse. God hasn't chosen any of these. Then he asked Jesse, is this it? Are there no more? Well, yes, there's the runt. (laughs) Yes, there's the runt. But he's out tending the sheep. Samuel ordered Jesse, go get him. We're not moving from this spot until he's here. Jesse sent for him. He was brought in, the very picture of health, bright-eyed, good-looking. And God said, up on your feet, Samuel. Anoint him. This is the one. And we were reading about this or listening to this about, with other pastors and other storytellers, the way that they think. And they say something that we heard was it said that um, some researchers say that Samuel tried to pour the oil over the other seven brothers and the oil didn't move but when David came the oil moved and something so amazing that sticks out to me here is that seven people came before David seven people it doesn't matter how many people come before you when God has something for you he's going to hold it there until you get there
2: And the Bible says, from that day forward, the spirit of God was with him. So when that happened, David was a kid. He probably wasn't even ready to graduate high school yet, right? He's not even 17 years old yet. And Samuel comes to him and tells him, you're the next king. Now, fast forward 15 years later-ish, and he's the king. Can you imagine somebody coming and telling you, You're the next Ariana Grande. You're the next Justin Bieber. But you have to wait 15 years. Actually, I don't know how long you have to wait, but you end up waiting 15 years. And you're like, can I still make it in the industry now? I'm old. You know? But David had to wait that time. And his ability changed, but his responsibility didn't. He was now, he went from shepherd to king, but he was still tending to his sheep, right? The Bible says he went back to his father's house. Even when he was playing for the king, he went back to his father's house. Remember where you came from. Remember how you got to where you are, right? But let's focus really quick on the story of that little boy, David who he was just hanging out in the fields, you know, poor boy, little boy, getting dirty in the mud and playing with sticks and, you know, doing what little kids do. And then he grows up a little bit and, wow, this, sorry, my peas are very strong. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm not spitting at you. Um, so he grows up and suddenly somebody comes and tells him something, but up until that point, he was just a shepherd. But guess what happened during that time too? He killed a lion and a bear. Mm-hmm. He was like 15 years old. Can you imagine you're 15 years old and a lion comes and you're like, aha. <laughs> I would have thought that kid is crazy. We need to take him out somewhere. And the cool thing is when you think about the, the youngest kid in a group, right? So there's seven brothers. He has seven brothers. Are any of you the youngest in your family? Raise your hand. Yeah, wow, so That's many nice. young, young children. Awesome. <laughs> I'm the oldest. Um, Joe is the middle-ish, kind of oldest. You're the oldest of your, of your brothers, and you're the middle of all your siblings. He's basically a dad though. Your dad. Yeah. What? Yeah, I've decided that. Um, so imagine the youngest. What are some qualities that you see in the youngest child? Just spoiled? Good looking. Okay. You don't have to do everything? Yeah, facts. Smart mischievous yeah or mischievous sorry I said that wrong well-rounded, well-rounded. there's a positive one come on give there's me some a lot more of, positive ones there's a lot of
0: younger siblings around here We're
2: talking about David everybody's like spoiled <laughs> rotten <laughs> give me another positive one Caitlin did you say the funniest
1: funniest
2: that's true
1: Ooh.
2: confident that's good you hit it right in the nail. So David was confident. And maybe God picked him because he was the youngest. I don't know. But it says that David was very different from the rest of his brothers. Yeah. He was kind of a scrawny little kid, didn't even look like a king. Um, he probably had some acne. You know, he was struggling with, uh, what's it called? pre He's a preteen, right? So going through it, his voice dropped, right? Or he's like, oh, do you know what I'm talking about? That was David.
0: I mean, he was a worshiper, so that must have affected a <laughs> lot. And he was a, a
2: worshiper. Yeah. So the point I'm trying to get is get at is God doesn't make a mistake when He picks a person, right? Mm. He uses every single part of your experience to accomplish what He wants to accomplish. Yeah. A lot of times we we think, oh man, I just wasted a year doing going. I don't know going abroad. You know, people don't think that's a really smart thing to do. I went abroad. I think it's great. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there are some things in life where you're like, yeah, I mean, I spent a year doing this, a couple months, sitting on my couch. Hopefully you did more than that. But you just think, how could this possibly help me become the person that God wants me to become? But God says, it's okay. I can use that, too. I have a purpose for you, but I can use every single part of what's happened to you. And man, that is redeeming. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, got off track there a little bit. So, let's dig into 1 Samuel 16, 14 through 19, which you've heard before, so I'm not going to repeat it. Um, Earlier, when our two friends were here, so sweet. So, I'm not going to repeat it, but I just want to highlight something that it says maybe you didn't know there was depression anxiety fear all of these things in the bible people experienced it and if you didn't know i'm going to show it to you right now it says the spirit of the lord had left saul and the lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear who wrote this samuel so samuel saw something is troubling saul there's something going on with him i don't know what it is but it looks like he's depressed He's going through something. There's there's just this bad energy around him. There's this bad spirit, Mm -hmm. right? Then he says, "One of the servants says a tormenting spirit is troubling you. Let's find a good musician, a bomb worship leader, to come in and play the harp. Which nowadays, I believe David would play the guitar, guitar, acoustic, probably. Yes, maybe the harp, but you know." And he said, David, he plays really good. Not only that, but he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He also is a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him.
0: Mm.
2: We don't know who, who this servant is. How did he know? Maybe there was talk about David being a good musician, maybe. But the Bible also says you are rewarded in public for what you practice in private. Yeah. So David was working on his craft even at 15 years old playing and people knew, yeah, David's a good good musician. He's also a man of God, you know, fearless leader, and you could see all these things in a little 15-year-old boy. David would have never thought that one day he'd be playing the harp for the king of Israel, right? He was just playing cuz he loved it. Mm-hmm. So work on your craft before you know what your purpose is. Just keep working on your craft. Whatever you love to do, your hobbies, your dreams, your passions, there's a purpose in that too. And God will use that. And maybe God will use one of those passions to make it your job later on, but don't make that your priority. Just do what you love. Do what God has put in your heart to do. Um, yeah. Your turn.
0: Ooh. Oh, man. Ooh, that was good. We make so each other good. better. Yes, I love you. Man. Wow. I think we both have gone through something like this where we uh, try to talk to somebody or, or talk, tell something to somebody and they haven't just taken us serious. Maybe it could be because of our baby face.
2: You're a baby face. I
0: get it a lot. You get it too, rightfully yeah, so. Okay, fine. Yeah. and Laya told me to tell Laya told me to tell you this uh, when we met. Woo! I I, I noticed her because she was just such a sweet and amazing person. <laughs> she was just so such a good person, but she was also very mature. And I was like, man, Thank you. she looks like she's twelve, but she's got to be at least in her mid twenties or something, man. Ugh. Ladies. So, man, she was awesome. But this happened to David a few times. 1 Samuel 17. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the valley of Ella, fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and out there and, and set out early the next morning with the gifts. And Jesse had, to, Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving at the battlefield leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelites and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Philist- Goliath the Philistine champion from Goth came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Man, I just imagine David going over there and seeing what well, food, right, that his dad had given him. And he hears the just screaming, talking trash. And then he goes over to his, his brothers and he's like, What's going on? <laughs> Do none of you guys hear what he's saying? Does nobody hear what he's saying? Yes. But look at how big he is. Yeah, but this guy doesn't have a covenant with God. Yeah, but look at the size of his sword. Yeah, but he doesn't have a covenant with God. Look at all his armor. Yeah, but he doesn't have a covenant with God. What do you mean? Well, God said he would fight my battles. I'll do it. Ooh. But when David's older brother, Eliab, heard uh, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about these few, those few sheep you're, you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question.
2: Yeah, clear case of older brother, younger brother, fight. <laughs>
0: So then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, replied Saul. You're just a kid. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. He's a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion and a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears. I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and bear will rescue me from the Philistine. Man. Everyone saw David as a child. His father didn't even invite him to Samuel's worship uh, when he was called to be king. People saw the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. What people were seeing was a giant with armor, huge, this big fighter, warrior. And they saw a kid facing him. What they saw David facing the giant, what they didn't see was the giant facing God. Your turn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so good. I love that. Um, Well, Joe's going to tell us a little bit later about how we know God has a covenant with David, right? Um, But I remember when we moved here to California, um, I thought that would never happen. I was like, that only happens in the movies. People move to California. It's like, you know, music playing. You've got, Hollywood. you know, the people are like, ha, 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 in the car with the, what is it called? The,
0: the little scarf thing. Like, yeah,
2: the scarf. And sunglasses. And, and I was like, yeah. oh, here we are, right? And I look back and I'm like, how did we get here?
0: What are we doing what here? we
2: doing? <laughs> We're just having fun. Um, but... Sometimes, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but you look back on your life and you're like, how did I get here? But it was a series of choices, right? Little bitty choices that you made every single day to get to where you are today. But have you ever met an older person? I say older because there's no one old. There's only younger and older people, okay? All right. Um, (laughs) Have you ever met an older person that's like, where... Where has time gone? I feel like I haven't lived. And first of all, I hope and pray that none of us ever have to say that. But I think it's more of a a conscious thing that we have to do every single day. Make the choices every single day that will help you guide to lead towards your goal and purpose. Right. I don't think that there you have to reach a purpose. I think you have to live on purpose, and I think a lot of times, or at least I thought this way that um, it's like, well, you know, maybe when I'm in my twenties, I'll probably be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I'm doing my master's in social work right now, but my undergrad was in elementary education, and my life is filled with a lot of things that don't have anything to do with. N- either of those things. Um, but that doesn't mean that... Here's, here's what I am, okay? I'm not a teacher. I'm not a social worker. I'm I'm a creative person. I am obviously a child of God, and he's given me his creativity, right? I'd say I'm a musician. I love music. I, I'm a worshiper. These are things that I feel like clearly define who I am, yeah. not my job description. So just live on purpose, right? And now fast forward 10, 15 years in David's life. So he's a kid, now fast forward 10, 15 years. And imagine David's doing his morning routine, doing the scrub, the <laughs> doing the powder. Um, and when he's done doing that, he goes to the window. He's a large house mansion, wow, a mansion big windows, round windows with tinted glass. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm like giving him hints. No. So imagine, just envision it. David's going to the the window and he's bringing his journal. That's what I imagine he's doing. And he's writing his poetry. Y'all know David was a poet. Yeah. Amongst other things, right? A man of God, a worshiper other things, and so you just, you you feel, you feel a sense of attraction towards David, not physical, but just as a human being, you know what I mean? But, let's not forget, he's also known for many other things. He's known as a murderer, he's known as an adulterer, so he, what was it that we were thinking, that we were talking about? He represents
0: Oh, we look at him and what we like to see, what we like in him is what we would like to be. What yeah. we don't like about him is mostly what we are. Yeah. yeah.
2: So these are these are some of the things that make David a human being. Thank God. There's hope, right? If David could be a man after God's own heart, then we have hope too. Um, and so fast forward 10, 15 years, and David is, you know, 35 around Joe's age, um, and he's sitting at the window and he's writing his poetry, and he's thinking about how much his life has changed from when he was a shepherd, a little boy, and his entire life was changed from that moment. And he starts to write about what he knows.
0: As he's sitting in the window, looking at the sunset.
2: Yeah, looking at the sunset, he writes, Yahweh is my best friend and shepherd. I have always, I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. Mm -hmm. He opens before me the right path He opens the doors and he closes the doors, closes the doors. And he leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, even depression, even fear, it will never conquer me, for you already have. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away all my fear. There is no fear in perfect love, the Bible says. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast to taste and know that he is good, right? Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my cup overflows. So why would I fear the future? Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you.
0: The Lord is my shepherd. Maybe you guys have heard this concept before. The Lord is my shepherd. David is saying this. It's said to, that he said this after he was already king. He's looking back and saying, the Lord is my shepherd. What I was to these sheep, you have been to me. The Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh, we hear this. That's his covenant name. When Moses asks, God, what do we, what do we call you? He says, I am Yahweh, I am I'm only going to give you that first part because you're going to need me to be so much in your life. I am. Whatever you put after that, I'll make a covenant to be that for you. Some needed me to be Adonai, others Jehovah Jireh, or Elohim. When you look back at everything that you've gone through, maybe now or later, just remember who's been there for you, only you. Know his name.
1: Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to LLUC.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there. On a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment, it makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.